0: Young Bucks, your Pittsburgh Pirate prospect podcast of choice. You're on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast. At work, Alex Dunk here, Jared Bruger are there. Jared, how you doing, man?
1: I'm great, Alex. Um, we're recording. It's a Friday. Tomorrow is Saturday. Uh, we'll be in Canton, Ohio, for the Hall of Fame. Um, so I know that's not baseball related, but the curve are out of town, so I'm just sitting here twiddling my thumbs, waiting for
0: football to start. Yeah, I was going to say, we're, we're going to be in Canton. I'm going to be about 230-ish miles southwest there still. I got this red series to cover.
1: Well, I'll meet you in the middle. I don't think you're going to miss
0: anything. What's in the middle between Canton and Cincinnati besides? Nothing. Yeah, yeah. Pain, that's what's in the middle. <laughs> Welcome to the state of Ohio. But
1: let's talk prospects, right? Yes. This is a prospects podcast, of course. But let's get into it. I I know we want uh, people have been asking us. The people, our viewers and listeners have been clamoring. I I guess they don't really view us, but but they've been clamoring for some rankings and for us to update them on prospects. So let's do just
0: that. Yeah, I mean, we're past the trade deadline. We're past the draft. So this is a pretty good, you know, just where's the state of the franchise right now? There are a couple guys who have done really well. There's a couple guys who... Maybe have taken a bit of a step back. So I kind of want to – this was a good suggestion we got. We're going to rank it as 10. I'm going to list a bunch of guys who just missed the list because I'm going to be honest. I think this happened to me the last time. I had like seven guys, easiest rankings on earth. The last three were kind of tough for me.
1: No, and I think that's fair. And and it's also transaction season. We're seeing a lot of guys get either promoted, Mm -hmm. not necessarily demoted, but – we're seeing some rosters finally fill out. And I mean, we see it in Bradenton with a couple of the draft, draftees getting up to uh, single A. And then we also see Matt Frazier get promoted to Altoona from Greensboro after his incredible performance um, for the Grasshoppers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Matt Frazier was someone who, I mean, not top 10 worthy, but if we really wanted to go crazy with like a top 30 ish or something, I, I, I would see him getting on my list just because of how well he is hit at a big stop in a player's career.
1: No, and it's a really good point too. And and it's a guy that really wasn't on very many people's radars coming into this year. And all he has done is hit, 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 you know, I, I, we saw his home run the other day and I think we had it in the system. It's 487 feet. His mom just went nuts. He almost knocked the, the screen over. It was just an absurd amount of power that they're getting in Greensboro. I don't know if there's something in the water there. Or what? But it feels like everybody in that raw, in that lineup is just mashing right now.
0: Yeah. So just to be clear, this is based on how they're performing, based on how much you know we just like the stuff what we hear about the, from the league, what's going on from analysts or scouts. This is just weighted all. This is our top ten Pirates prospects. The midseason update. So Jared, do you want to go first or second? And how do you want to do this? You want to take? You go first. You take the first two. That's so much pressure, Alex. I wanted you to go first. You want me to go first? You go first, yes. All right, all right. Uh, like I said, my bottom three on this list were kind of hard for me to like, I, I had like literally a, a pool of like 10 players It felt like that I could choose from. But at number 10, I went with Bubba Chandler, the Pirates third round draft pick this year, who really was a first round talent and Maybe even more so if he can be a hitter and a pitcher, something that the Pirates will give him the opportunity to do. The upside is higher as a hitter, as a pitcher. I'm sorry, uh, he has a good fastball that should be able to like sit in the high nineties. Some good feel for some breaking pitches, a changeup that's developing. And plus, this is going to be the first year that he's really just focused as a baseball player rather than splitting his time between that and football. I think that's really going to make a big step in his development I have a hard time putting you know a third round draft pick any higher than 10th on this list right now but I I couldn't like do this list without him on it as a hitter good raw power maybe he sticks as shortstop I think it's more likely that if he is a hitter he'd be an Otani type and just DH just to keep some mileage off of that arm um number nine for me is Travis Swaggerty who this is This was a tough year for him. He suffered the season-ending injury. We probably would have seen him up in the major leagues up at this point if it had not been for that shoulder injury. It's not to his throwing shoulder, so I'm not too concerned about it long-term. It's just a, it stinks, you miss this year type of deal. I expect him to come back fully strong. There's some good raw gap power right there. I, I kind of view him as still, as someone who has an outfield spot to lose in this organization whenever you look at that future outfield, it's like, okay, it's Brian Reynolds and who else I kind of view like the either left or right field. It's Travis Swagger. job to lose. We'll see him in 2022. I'm interested to see what he can bring.
1: No, and I think that's a really good point um, because I mean, the outfield has been an abyss for, for the pirates all year. I think Swagger would have been a great prospect to play up there. I think he gets a chance probably before Jared Oliva. Um, if I'm being completely honest with you, I think he just projects is better and you want to see what you got. Um, but yeah, I mean, I same thing with Chandler. I, I'm not exactly sure how it's going to work with him being a two way guy. It's going to be very hard for him to play shortstop and pitch. Um, uh, but I am very excited to see him focus solely on baseball because, um, because, and then, you know, when you're focusing on a sport, obviously now he's going to build his body to be baseball ready, to be, you know, in baseball shape. I'm not saying that he ever wasn't, but football and baseball workouts couldn't be any different. Um, so I'm excited to see that development, uh, but I am excited to see and intrigued really to see how they use him as a hitter and how they use him, utilize him as a pitcher. If it is the Otani type with the, where he just pitches in DHS, or if they let him go out and play the field every once in a while as well but now I guess it's my turn. Um, At number eight on my list, I've got my man. 10. 10. Oh, number 10. Oh, I thought we were taking every two. Um, Same thing, actually. Um, I've got Mason Martin at number 10 on my list. His raw power, his defense, I think is projectable um, as well. And let's be real, first base is a position that they really could use some help. Um, You know, I understand that Colin Moran is, is in existence still, and obviously the big Nogowski, um <laughs> is a factor as well, but I think Mason Martin just translates, and and, and just, if he can just figure that out and, and keep going at the rate that he's going, I think there'd be no issue with him uh, being in Pittsburgh at all, um, and then I've got Indy Rodriguez at my number nine. Uh, he's a great catching prospect, but you know now it's going to be a war of numbers with him, because they've got a guy named Henry Davis. So, um, but he's having a a spectacular season in Bradenton. He wasn't the one that got called up. EJ or uh, Eli Wilson was. So I'm excited to see how he continues to develop. And maybe there is a position change in the near future for him. But right now he's at number nine on my list. I'm excited to see how he grows as a catcher uh, within the organization.
0: Two guys who were probably going to be my honorable mentions. I, I gave some consideration for Mason Martin. Raw power absolutely plays. Like he, he's got as much pop as anyone in this organization. It's can he just make consistent contact enough? Because a 30% strikeout rate or close to 30% strikeout rate in double A is still concerning. If it doesn't get any higher, I, I can see it working out, but you know, he he's going to have to just get the bat to the ball more, because if he does that, he, it's got, he's got serious power and uh, Andy Rodriguez, someone who I, I suspect with them adding Carter Baines, Abraham Gutierrez uh, and Henry Davis, you know, over this past month, maybe as someone who's going to have to get more reps at first base in right field, just to make sure that there isn't just that log jam of being a catcher, but out of those uh, other young catchers besides Davis between Rodriguez and Gutierrez and bins I view Rodriguez as the type of guy that you can put at other positions because the bat plays up and and you can just live with that
1: no and I agree um so which is weird we agree for once but no I um no i it, it'll be interesting to see what they do because obviously you know going into really June and July the catching position was kind of just disparate and and when you see as You know, when you see what they've done to that position and how they've built up the depth throughout the organization, that's, number one, exciting to see. But, number two, there's going to have to be some movement from some guys now.
0: Yeah. Okay, moving on for me, uh, I guess I'm going to do eight and seven here. Two right-handed pitchers that the Pirates acquired in trades. Um, Number eight for me, I am going to preface this with saying – This has been a very tough year for this young man. He had the injury going on. He was briefly called up to Bradenton, was sent back to the Florida complex after not pitching too well, dealing with injuries. Not a good 2021, but I'm still a Brennan Malone believer. He's half of the return that they got in the Starling Marte trade. He's got this upper 90s fastball as a starter. And I know the other pitches are developing, but that's such a good foundation to work off of. He's the type of guy that if it doesn't work out as a starter, maybe you do move him to the bullpen. And I could see him being a late inning type guy in that role because he can flirt with triple digits with a, a decent secondary offering with the breaking ball. I hope next he can't do what he did this year again next year, or he's really going to just completely fall off prospect Raiders. I don't know how many people still have Brendan Malone in their top 10, let alone number eight. Like I said, I had a hard time, you know, picking these last couple spots, but I, I couldn't really, it, it's a tough year for him. I still think he'll bounce back. And seven for me is Miguel Yajure, another guy who suffered some injuries, but we we at least saw that taste of him in the major leagues. He's going to pitch again in competition to end this year i expect him to be part of the opening day rotation next year probably the best two pitch combo two pitch breaking pitch combo with that slider and curveball that of anyone in this organization i know it's low 90s heat but those two pitches spin they move he can control them it's a very good feel situation I think your has got some serious upside in this organization. I view him as like a potential two or three.
1: No. And I think that it's, it's weird. We both had the same number seven. I, I went with your as well. Um, hmm. Which this is so weird. We need to stop that. Um,
0: I think we're going to see a couple of those coming up here in a little bit.
1: Yes. But listen, let's give their fans what they want. Um, disagreement. But uh, my number eight guy is the Kepeda Marcano. Uh, who they just got. I just like his upside. Obviously, he's in AAA right now. He's only 21 and in AAA. I think that projects really well. Uh, infielder, if you can get some versatility out of him, I think that's going to be huge moving forward um, for the Pirates. And, and honestly, you know, he was a former Chihuahua. He played, um, you know, so that's exciting. They get him from...
0: That's endearing to you.
1: <laughs> I, I, I love crazy... Um, minor league names, but you know, he's a guy that they get from the Padres for Adam Frazier. I'm just excited to see what he can do in this organization. And, and like I said, he's 21 and in AAA. I think that's great. Um, and we talk about Yahurri a little bit. I do, we both agree that I think he's going to be in the rotation to start. Why not? It can't get any worse. Um, then throwing a Will Crow out there. I know Will Crow's got some upside, but you know, just go see the young guys and see what they got. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, those two are, are guys that can make an impact. And, I, and that impact is, is
0: coming sooner rather than later. There's two things I know about Marcano right now. He's, he's incredibly versatile and he's incredibly fast. And at the very worst, I see that as good depth. I have to, make, I, I have to see the bat play better before I put him in the top ten list. But there are definitely – he's got three good tools right now. He's got to develop a fourth, either power or getting on base.
1: Right. And I, and I think that's something to note too, is, you know, he's six foot, right. So, you know, his ceiling, I think to can he play the outfield? I'm not quite sure, but you know, he's, he's starting, he's continuously growing. He's still, you know, only 21, like I said. So, you know, that's, that's something working in his favor, but, but you're right. I mean, we haven't seen enough of him just yet, but it'll be interesting to see how he develops. And if he can get that, if he can hit for contact and hit for average, I think that's a really good depth option moving forward for the Pirates uh, if he can continue to progress.
0: Let's call – you know, the, let's take a break right now because I have a feeling that these next couple picks, Jeremy, are going to have a lot of overlap. So let's – this was the good debate in different segments. Let's see how much of an echo chamber we can come in section 2 Welcome back to Young Bucks here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. Jared Kruger and I, we're breaking down the top 10 prospects in the Pirates organization, our mid-season updates. 10 through 7s are in the books. Jared, how about you go first for 6 and
1: 5? Wow, I am so honored. I got to go with Tanaj Thomas. Um, You know, high upside, right-hand arm, um, 6'4", 190, I think, projects really well. I think you know this is a guy that if he continues to progress like he is in Greensboro, he should be in Altoona by the end of this year, um, and I honestly think that you know next year could be an Altoona to start the season in Triple A, to to get to the middle, and then I think you could end you can honestly see him in Pittsburgh potentially in, in 2023. You know, just high upside for him is, um, and I just like what I see out of him, um, so you know can can it work i'm not quite sure but you know you when you com- combine his size arm strength and athleticism you know you can't really can really beat that so you know he's he's high 90s or mid 90s with the fastball um he has late upside or late movement late um late break i guess i should say um on his breaking pitches and he's also touched triple digits as well so i mean if you he's a guy that could potentially you know see some time as a starter and, and honestly might project as a reliever at the big league level. So I think that right there is my number six guy. And then um, guy, the pirates got this off season. Um, another former San Diego Padre Hudson head uh, is my next guy outfielder. Um, obviously we, we've profiled his swing changes. Um, another young guy uh, he's single way right now with, uh, with Bradenton. He's only 20. Um, and so to me, he's still going to fill out on that six, one frame, you know, that's a very projectable trait to have, uh, moving forward for the pirates.
0: I was wrong. I don't have either of those guys in my top 10. I mean, serious consideration for it, but I, I didn't have either one Thomas case. I, I like the stuff. He's still in, not the best season in Greensboro, but I, it's fine. Like you said, if he goes to Altoona next year, you know, spends most of the year there. Come up in twenty twenty three, that's fine. You know, use the forty man roster spot. I'm still waiting for that big coming out. Tanaj Thomas is, you know, a top ten, you know, or top five or whatever, because I think he does have a ceiling as a top five prospect. I just don't know if he's ever really taken that step and and had, like you said, I good tools. Still raw, still in Bradenton. Fine year in Bradenton. A good, you know, welcome to the organization. First full year of pro ball for him. All's good there. Uh, For me, I've got a couple of shortstops for my six and five. I've got uh, Loewe Paguerro at six and O'Neal Cruz at five. In Paguerro's case, I know he's on a little bit of a power surge right now or last week. Overall, I don't blame you if you're a little underwhelmed by his results. As a player, but I still think this guy is like a top 100 prospect in baseball. He's got a good collection of tools. He can field. He can throw. He can steal bases. He's got a good feel for the game. There's a lot of things that you want out of him. Not to mention, he's just—I know this doesn't count for you know a prospect, you know top 10 list. He's a very well liked player. He's a good you know guy to have in that clubhouse. So I I view him as actually not even i view him whenever they were at the alternate site last year key brian hayes went to baguero and said like you know i'll I'll have the fort you know waiting for you here you no know, I'll, I'll hold down the house here for whenever you guys come up especially you it, it, that stuck out to to baguero like he, that's something special to him and i do feel like those two are going to be the left side of the pirates infield for years to come probably starting in mid 2023 as for cruz Still a shortstop right now. I still view him as an outfielder long term. It just—it's one of those guys that has. Could he potentially play? You know, hum a few bars at shortstop. Yes. Is he inherently more valuable as a shortstop rather than an outfielder with that bat? Yes. But at some point there is a tipping where it's like being even an average outfielder defensively is going to bring more value than being a poor defensive shortstop. I don't view him ever being a good defensive shortstop. I view him as best defensively as being good enough. And with where this organization is with middle infield prospects, good enough at shortstop isn't good enough. And I, I don't know. The bat obviously is big, little disappointing that he missed a little time here at the end of the season and probably won't get a call up to Indianapolis. I mean, he's still rehabbing. We only got a couple weeks left of the season. There's not a whole lot left here for him to do. That's disappointing, but I, I view O'Neill Cruz is still a big contributor for the Pirates going forward. And we'll see him in the majors probably in 2022.
1: No, I agree with Cruz. Um, Paguerre, I think, is better, way better defensively than Cruz um, ever will be. I think Cruz, again, he, he projects to me as an outfielder. Let's be real. Now, Cruz is my number five guy, so this is a good transition for us. But, um, you know, it's just a situation where or – I'm sorry, Cruz is my number four. But, yeah. listen, he's six seven. Obviously, the tallest shortstop ever was Cal Ripken, and he ended up moving to third base. So – Listen, I don't. I don't think his future is at um, is at shortstop. And like we talked about with Swaggerty, the quickest way for the, to get to the uh, to the Pirates this year would have been through the outfield. They have of just. It seems like they just have a, a rotating group of guys that have played outfield. You know, and good, bad, or indifferent. But Cruz, with his plus arm, with you know, with a solid glove, with with some range and athleticism, to me, he's a corner outfielder. He's going to be left field or right field. Uh, I, I wouldn't mind seeing him in right field at PNC Park, less a cover um for half the year. But, you know, I I just don't see him as a shortstop. And I know that he doesn't want to play the outfield. Just in uh, talking with a couple of people throughout the organization, you know, you can kind of tell that. But let's be real, his future is in the outfield. Um, and with Piguero and, and guys like Nick Gonzalez, and even some of the guys that they've continued to, to get in trades, like. There isn't going to be a place for for Cruz in the infield of the future. And that's just sheer numbers and just sheer facts because there are guys on these lists that are better defensively than Cruz ever will be. Now, transitioning into my number three, I got to go with my boy, Ronzi Contreras, solely because of the fact that he was just so purely dominant. Um, until he until he got hurt, but the reason why I like Contreras is just he's so he's just so fluid. Everything is fluid, and, and in all honesty, he was going to get slowed down anyway. Um, so you know, the, this kind of is essentially a reset button. Get him back to to the basics. Kind of focus on some fundamentals here as he builds back up. He's throwing uh, a little bit more. He should be probably throwing over 100 feet this week. He was throwing about 75 feet last week. So the progression is there. I think he makes another start or two in out Tuna, then finally gets that call up to Indianapolis. But like I had said, you know, talking with Joel Hanrahan, he was going to get slowed down anyway. So I think this is not the worst case scenario, but this also prohibits him from getting overused and, and really just kind of eases him back in to the final stretch of the season, which I think he will spend um, in Indianapolis.
0: Doing a little head math here, like which which guy on your list is. I feel like the top four are pretty cut and dry for me. I'm I'm interested to see what happens here for yours. Um, I have Contreras at number four for my list. For I, I saw him pitch live that first day, and I was sold on this guy. I know I've said that a couple times on this show before, but whenever he pulled the string on Adi Rashman, and that's that's not his best pitch. That wasn't his best pitch out of the four. You know, going forward, the fastball has taken a nice step forward. He has a near three thousand RPM curve. He's got a slider that he can mix in there too. The changeup, it can play against left-handers. There are just a lot of good tools with this guy. He's one of those guys who got better during the during the pandemic season. The Pirates recognize that and they fleece the Yankees. I mean, this is a fleecing. I mean, we're talking about Contreras and Yahuri. I know Tyon's finally picking up some steam for the Yankees. Doesn't really matter. That's, I view that as two-fifths of the rotation of the next Pirates playoff team right there in that trade. And not to count, you know, like Kanan Smith, and Yajiba, Mike Alascado, two guys who aren't wouldn't make my top 10 but would, you know, flirt with the top 20. I think that'd be fair. Just really big right-handed pitcher. I just can't give him the crown of the best pitching prospect in the organization, though, yet. I give it to Quinn Priester still. And I know Priester got off to a little bit of a shaky start. He still has the sinker. He's First of all, let's, that wasn't the right way to preface it. He got off to a shaky start. He found his footing. And that's all in Greensboro. He didn't get that stop in Bradenton. He went straight to high A. He's looked good in high A, all things considered. He has that sinker. He's mixing in a new slider, cutter, whatever you want to call it there. He has that curveball, which is still his best pitch. It's still his best pitch. I think four-pitch Quinn Priester is a very interesting proposition. It's something I, I don't think we would have seen last year or under Neil Huntington. There are so many times where they would just go and throw three pitches, and that was that. Look at Shane Boz. Shane Boz came to the Pirates organization with five pitches. The Pirates made him focus on three. Went to the race, started throwing more pitches again. Now he's a top 20 prospect. Priester, I like that he was able to add that extra breaking pitch. It's going to be more refined. It's not going to be like a Mitch Keller or Jamison Tyon type deal where they try to just develop that fourth pitch while they're in the majors or on the cusp of coming up to the majors. Work on that. Still great stuff. I still view him as the front of the rotation starter in the near future. I know we're starting to see the hot takes of, oh, this guy isn't going to be, you know, a a true ace. And some of them are from well-respected baseball people, but I still view this guy as the best pitching prospect in the Pirates organization. And Contreras is the only one I could see being the number one besides him.
1: No, I think that's very fair. I, I focused Not as much on Priester um, as probably I should have. Um, But you're right. I mean, listen, this guy comes into the organization, you know, and uh, here we are. You know, last year was kind of a a throwaway year, but he's able to go to the alt site and and get some time in there and and develop there. And that, I think, is huge, getting to learn from those guys. Um, But, you know, moving forward, him and Kacharis, man, and, and you mentioned fleecing the Yankees. Listen, the, the Pirates sent a two Tommy John surgery, Jamison Tyon, to mm. get these types of prospects. That, you're right, it is a fleecing. Um, and, and, the gang, and Ben Sherrington just, you know, just continues to do that. Um, but are we ready for the top two?
0: Do we want to do now? Or do we want to make them sway, sweat out another commercial break?
1: Let's not make them wait. Give the All people right. What they Jared's want.
0: a man of the people. Who have you got? Number two. Number two for me is Nick Gonzalez. Mm. Me too, Alex. Me too. There we go. Good, good choice. Good choice. Uh, Nick Gonzalez, big time, you know, second baseman, went to Greensboro, skipped low a after spending last year at the alternate site. He's hitting the ball hard. I know the results aren't always there, but he's hitting the ball hard. It was a weird year. You know, had that injury. Like it's it's Nick Gonzalez. It's the first round draft pick from last year. I don't know what else we could say that we haven't already said about Nick Gonzalez anymore. We're gonna see him in Altoona next year. We're gonna see him in Indianapolis and presumably in Pittsburgh in 2023. Guy's gonna be on a nice streak to the major leagues. He's a much more advanced major league, close to major league ready hitter than basically anyone else in Greensboro, second base for the future.
1: No, I agree. Um, obviously, you know, the the resume is there. Spent last year at the alt site um, after being drafted. Listen, I'm excited to see him. Obviously, he's dealt with some injuries this year. Um, but, you know, overall, the body of work is is still pretty solid. So, you know, he's, he's able to hit. Um, and honestly, you know, looking at his, uh, at his projectability, he's a guy that I wouldn't, you know, yeah. Is he going to be the second baseman? Yeah. But at the same time, he's athletic enough and quick enough where we might be able to see him in the outfield too, if desperate times call for desperate measures. But I, I mean, he's ace to me, I think one of the guys to watch, uh, within the organization and, and he hasn't really let us down yet this year.
0: Yeah. All right, so who do you have at number one, Jared? Because I'm I'm looking at your list. You didn't have Quinn Priester on anywhere, and I have Henry Davis at number one. So who do you have at number one?
1: I have Henry Davis at number one.
0: So you, just a battle mission there with Priester, or do you not view him top ten right now?
1: Uh, I don't view him top ten compared to where I went with some of my other guys. Um, obviously, I focus Old take. I focus a lot more on position players than than pitchers, but. Um, but, no, I mean, Henry Davis is, not, is a clear-cut number one. Obviously, yeah. number one overall pick in this year's draft. He's off to a very, very good start in the, in the complex league. And let's be real, the Pirates haven't had a uh, catching prospect like this seemingly in forever.
0: Yeah. I mean, when was the last time the Pirates had a catching prospect? Not, not even, like, cut, you know, the same way Davis is. I, I can't think of one with this much power – well, legitimately when was the last time they had a catching prospect that they were like this guy is the truth well like, definitely oh, wasn't talking tony jason...
1: sanchez or reese mcguire
0: <laughs> no no they they were never the truth they were never the, like we're going back to jason kendall as like the absolute earliest you know type of deal
1: yeah and that's saying something i mean like we talked about earlier in, in the podcast the catching has been an abysmal position throughout the organization i mean and it's been like that for quite some time. And, you know, now that they have this focus on catching, you know, you pick up Carter Bins, you've had Eli Wilson emerge. You've had Andy Rodriguez emerge. um, You know, there, there's now not just depth. I mean, listen, a college or a catcher is, is a dime a dozen. I mean, you can go out and get a million guys. I mean, they're probably not going to hit for hit very well, but if they can, play some defense it's not going to be an issue but you know you look at it and they needed that depth and henry davis man he's going to blow people away i think um as he continues to progress i I wouldn't be surprised that he he would be in bradenton here within the next couple weeks
0: i I hope he gets some reps in way. just a little taste to get ready for 2022 all right we're going to take that extra break Thank Jared for you know getting in before. Then we gotta have a little show. left up. We're gonna talk about so far. And welcome back. A little show still left to go here on Young Bucks. Jared, no Quinn Priester, no Pedero for you. you your top ten. No,
1: no, they are both honorable mentions uh, for me. Um, And as um, you know, it's just the same thing with Brennan Malone. I, I just compared to who we, who we had, I thought some of those guys, you know, we look at Priester's overall body of work hasn't been the greatest, but he still projects. But I thought that so far this year, Contreras has been infinitely better than what Priester is. Although Priester's upside is still pretty, pretty remarkable
0: yeah okay some of the guys who i consider for the i guess i should say was there anyone else who came real close that you want to say before i rattle off my 27 names uh
1: no you can go ahead and, and name everybody left in the organization
0: okay i really um obviously the first two The other first-round-type talents that the Pirates picked up this draft, Anthony Salamento, Lonnie White Jr., a little bit of consideration for top 10. If we were to go to top 15, I think I would have found spots for them. I brought up Tanaj Thomas, Hudson Head, uh, Mason Martin, Andy Rodriguez in Jared's lists. Uh, Michael Escotto, I still like the raw power. I'd like to see what he could go do going forward. Carmen Majinski, shoulder injury right now. I view him in the major league rotation in 2023. The guy I look at who I'm kind of predicting right now as the 2022 breakout prospect is Jared Jones. I think a full year for him is going to be something special. He's got absolute fire, you know, in in his arsenal. I want to see what he could do over a full season without, you know, the Bradenton has a lot of starting pitching types. They got to manage innings there. They got to manage innings because of the pandemic last year, Jared Jones, full season. I think he's going to be the type of guy who just blows everyone away and becomes a big type, you know, big time prospect. I view him as a sleeper top 100, a couple years from now. Don't be shocked if he does that.
1: I like the first name.
0: He spells it differently than you. He spells know, it J-A-R-E-D.
1: We don't need to talk about that. He spells that. it right, Jared. Stop. Let's not listen. First <laughs> of all, if there's anybody listening from Jared the Jewelry Store, this would be the perfect opportunity for some name recognition to advertise on our beloved podcast. But, no, I think you're right. Um, I think he's a guy that I think projects really well. A guy that you didn't mention that I thought you would, as a friend of the podcast, um, Michael Burroughs. Um, I think that he's, yeah, he's had a very solid year. Um, He and Matt Frazier, I think would have been on my honorable mention list. Uh, Fraser's, just like we talked about uh, in the introduction. He's just been absolutely mashing the baseball. Um, And we talked about it with Mason Martin Now, raw power is going to play, you know, and, and I mislabeled him as a first baseman. um, So I am deeply sorry about that. I just have this very, very incredible pipe dream that he takes over for Mason Martin whenever Mason Martin gets called up to AAA, if that ever happens. Um, but, but no, I think Jones is, you know, he's a breakout guy. Like I said, Burroughs is uh, up until getting injured, was having a spectacular season. Um, yes. So, you know, the future is bright. You know, it wasn't, it was two, in 2019 when we were talking, the, the Pirates farm system was abysmal. And, you know, I mean, we're seeing that in a big way with who they have at Indianapolis Um And that's no disrespect to those guys. I just, they're just not major league players. Uh, But these guys, I think are projectable. These guys, you know, if, if they can continue their development. And I think that's the biggest thing, you know, you're a first round draft pick until you get to the complex. And then after that, you're a professional baseball player. There's, but you have to be able to be developed. And if you're, if you stall out, you know, it's like the draft is a crapshoot. You just don't know how that's going to project. Uh, But a lot of the guys that they got, you know, you talk about Henry Davis, I think the bat's going to play there. Bubba Chandler, everything I think is going to play there. And, you know, you're drafting some pretty solid athletes. Lonnie White was a division one signee for football as well. So, you know, the future is bright within the Pirates organization. I think, you know, and what Ben Charrington has done in short order has been nothing short of spectacular to replenish the system and bring it back up to the top uh, where it needs to be for the Pirates to, to get back to the playoffs and get back where they need to go.
0: I'm looking for, forward to August here. Work, I'm going to try to work on a couple pieces here that really looks into this farm system and just player development to kind of wrap up this season or minor league season because this is a vital one. Uh, I haven't had a whole lot of opportunity to do that this last month between the draft and, and the trade deadline. I, I, so you've been, you've been holding down the fort very well for in the system hopefully lot, i'll be able to give a you a couple nuggets the down. it's a lot i'll give to hold you a couple nuggets
1: down. oh perfect it's great uh, chicken
0: i don't want to do this podcast anymore
1: um anyway after that <laughs> <laughs> um anyway we obviously this is probably the most serious that we've ever been so before we go let's get let's let's take the reins off right we, we just made a terrible terrible joke um alex and i you know, we, he had an off day this week. We don't get very many off days together. So Alex and myself, oh friend of the podcast, Noah, Noah Hiles, um, we golfed. And we golfed at, at, with our friends at, at Moon Golf Club. Uh, and Alex, I just want you to tell our fans, um, first, we don't, do not judge us on our golfing ability. We're obviously not in the PGA Tour. We're baseball writers um, and podcasters. So there's a big separation of talent. But tell, tell our listeners uh, how that went for you.
0: I'm going to preface this with saying that I think it was the third time I had ever been golfing. And like one of those times I I was playing Scrabble with my uncle, who's actually like a really good golfer. (laughs) So uh, that was, you know, I am not a good golfer. I don't go to the driving range. I don't do it. It is bad. I was bad. I was horrendous. Okay. It was I I am the worst golfer on the face of the planet. If I could get to Charles Barkley 2007 levels, I could die a happy man because I would have exponentially improved my golf game. Alex's swing
1: makes Charles Barkley look like Tiger Woods. Um, but it was a fun time. Obviously, a day on the golf course is better than anything you have in mind. Maybe not a, maybe not a day at the ballpark. But it was a great time. Um, we had a lot of fun. Alex... His scorecards and pentagrams oh, yeah, in numbers because we can't count that high for as many strokes as he had.
0: We, we gave up, it's like, hey, hey, put me down for a smiley face. This hole, put me down for a there gold start. very
1: many smiley faces.
0: There was one smiley face, or a couple, or a couple frowny faces. That's absolutely correct,
1: but that's the beauty of, of being able to, to get out and have some fun. Um, because Alex is right, Alex is busting his butt through the trade deadline, through, um, through the drafts. And, you know, obviously it's fun to get out there as, as our boss was out in Milwaukee um, taking on the brunt of the beat, but it's always fun to get out and and hang out. And we should have done a live podcast from the course. Maybe next time Alex comes out after he recovers, I'm
0: sure his back is still sore from all the strokes that he took, but. um, No, 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 we're not, we can't, we can't, this is a family network. Jared, the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network cannot handle me on a golf course. There are, there are a lot of bad words. <laughs> Before we get into any other FCC issues, uh,
1: for Alex Stump, this has been Jared Pruger. Thank you for listening to Young Bucks, your Pittsburgh Pirates podcast, uh, Pirate Prospects. not so easy, is it? No, it's not easy at all. But this is uh, obviously on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. Thank you as always, and we look forward to talking to you again next week.